disco. This ain't no country club neither. This is RVA. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Howdy do. Howdy, howdy, partner. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Fair to Midland. Welcome back, you guys, to another riveting episode of Oh La La in the Dungeon, Episode 9. Uh, let's just go quickly over what we did the past two weeks. Uh, yes, a busy. We've done a lot of stuff. Um, the first thing that we did, um, we went to, we participated in the Ucrops Monument Ave 10K. Liz ran it. Yeah, baby, an oh. hour and nine minutes. Wow. And I walked it. And I puke. (laughs) But someone did come up to me with a champagne glass squirt gun and squirt me in the mouth with it while I was walking. So maybe that's why. You accepted a drink from a stranger? It was a 10K. Maybe it was drugged. No. What happened after you accepted it? Well, he squirted it in her mouth. Yeah. And then? (laughs) And then I. No, I didn't puke right there. It took me a while, but oh. <laughs> I, when I, I got, I had to, I, we were celebrating my friend's birthday afterwards and I was like, I'm sorry. I just cannot go. I feel like crap. I have to go home. And I drove Liz and my friend to, where'd we go? River City Roll. I drove them there and then I went home. I died and she rallied and then I rallied. I came back for the party. So hooray. Yay. Okay, and then, do you want to say anything else about that? Well, I just would say it's a fun event. If you've never done it, it's also fun just to spectate at. Yeah. um, There's tons of, like, you know, people shooting champagne into your mouth. Um, There was, like, a group of people meditating, like like 20 people just out legit meditating. And tons of bands, um, and it's for a good cause. Um, Yeah, the money goes towards cancer research, Massey Cancer Center. Um, and a lot of people run in memory of like someone who's died of cancer. So like you see like all the like breast cancer survivors Survivor. and stuff. Like it's like just a good uplifting. Mm. Yeah, I had jaunt. A real, it was my first time. I didn't understand the hype, and then when I was doing it, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" I had such a good time. And then it's an excuse to like stuff your face afterwards. Yeah, because like I got like twenty thousand steps that day on my Fitbit. I couldn't believe it. Ten k. That's like six miles, right? Yeah, six point two to be exact. Wow. so that was fun then we also went to wear rva's fourth annual fashion show at the science museum of richmond um it was like the dewey goddard actually if we're gonna be specific um saw my gorgeous goddaughter caitlin shout out to kate oh my god she was so beautiful and if you guys if you don't know what where rva is it's a local full production charity fashion show that does not hold auditions the models are local high school girls all shapes all sizes all backgrounds showcasing the latest trends and this is the coolest part everything they wear is local from like local boutiques and designers they empower women they raise money for local scholarships they're 100 percent sponsorship funded and they partner with local businesses like i said and shout out to the owners amber and taylor for putting on a flawless show and sh- i want to shout out all the businesses because i feel like we yeah. have to um so alan furs seed Steedel, uptown cheapskate and the sea boutique dakota 
707 Fine Clothing, the Petersburg High School Classes Fashion Show, a fashion class, sorry, Woven with Grace, Goodwill, and Glitter and Lace Formals. And my personal favorites were the furs and glitter and lace gowns. Yes, I got actually randomly selected to be interviewed while there. And I was like put on the spot because they were like, what's your favorite look so far? And I'm like, the champagne I'm drinking. And now I'm just kidding. I I said one of the furs. They had some really sick furs, but I'm sure, um, you know, we can get into the fur controversy. Those were amateurs? That was was not professional? Well, some of them were professional models. I couldn't tell the difference. It was, I saw the photos. I saw the videos. That was beautiful work. Yeah, I really sat was. next to a kid. Shout out to Joey. I sat next <laughs> to this this uh, kid. I, he just graduated high school. His girlfriend was in the show, and she's a professional model. I was like, oh, that's cool. She's in the show. And he, oh, and he was like, oh, yeah, she's been on magazine covers. And he was flipping through his phone showing me. I'm like, oh, my God. This is so cool. <laughs> he was so nice. I really liked yeah, it. It was a lot of fun. It's a great show. Um, and then let's see what else do we do. I went to a new Italian place, somewhat new. It's called um, Sprezza, and it's um, in the old Morton Steakhouse location. And oh my god, it was so good! I highly recommend oh, you go yay. there. Run, don't. Is that the one just near Capitol Square? Um, it's down in the bottom. It's like a oh, block yeah. uh, behind Chine. Okay, mm. yeah. Miscellaneous told us about that. Yes, yes. Uh, they and were like a. They weren't brick and motor, whatever it's called. Motor, 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 whatever. But um, my friend randomly now lives in Puglia. So weird connection. She just moved there last summer. So she's living the dream. Anyway, back to RVA. (laughs) Um, Did you get into anything else? Uh, Well, Lee and I saw the same movie. We saw the Evil Dead Rise. I was with the uh, the Red Vein Army Horror Club. We Ooh. went to see it as a group last Thursday. I was with Harun. And yes, she she uh, Olivia went to see it. Uh, I think we can both agree it was pretty gory. Oh yeah, it was very gory, and I I really liked. I loved the not the the seventies one. It was okay, but the remake of the seventies one, like the one that. I love the 70s one. But I like the one, the remake of it. It was so good. And I was so excited to see this one. And it, it just, I didn't like it. But if you're a horror nerd, it's like you kept seeing all the, the references to the original movie in the new one. Yeah. Like, yeah, they had the chainsaw. They had the, um, it's like, there's a lot. And Bruce Campbell actually is doing a voice in the movie. Um, I've never been a big zombie movie person, but this is one where it's like, they're not truly zombies. They're possessed by some evil force. And it had a Necronomicon mention. So, of course, I'm an H.P. Lovecraft fan. So uh, so I loved it. Well, I, I liked it. I don't know, thought it was very cheesy. Well, it's meant to be. It's, it's, it's not meant to be a feast for the intellect. <laughs> well, the last one was. The 2013 one? The mm-hmm. one? It was the, so good. They rebooted the Evil Dead. It was yeah. amazing. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. It's what... hard to please me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I liked the OG, so oh, yeah. it was it was good. I mean, but the other one was the 2013 one. What blew my mind? Oh yeah. Well, if that about wraps up what we've been up to, let me. Oh no, oh, I did one more. I, Ooh, I did yes. go to Hardywood Brewery. Ooh, and I have never been to a brewery that looked. It looks like a Swedish a ski chalet. It's beautiful. I've never seen. It's out there in the country, and it's set up on a hill in this. You know, and uh, it's like. The food trucks are excellent. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm a food truck fan oh, yeah. anyway. I love food trucks. And they got a was beverage- River City Wood Fire there? 
Uh, this one was uh, it was a uh, it was a taco cart. But I, I like tacos Boca. anyway. So I no, I wish it was. I like ta- I like Boca Taco. Uh, they had the Korean tacos that I love so much. Ooh. And the uh, but it's like it's it's like beverage menu is enormous. Parking is good, uh, which is my complaint of Richmond. Kind of you know a long that. walk though. Yeah, well, it is. It is. But uh, the night I went, the music was too loud and this is coming from a guy who's been to ozzy and judas priest concerts um it was, it was but it's okay I, you can forgive the little stuff because it was a good day to go sit outside and and have something. drink some burr well mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, so that was my only other thing so moving nice. on well then let me introduce our guest our esteemed guest our second female guest yay, yay. how exciting yay. ladies night yeah. woo Sorry, Lee. No. <laughs> um, so we have with us Catherine Babmagira. She is a writer and journalist who's contributed to the Wall Street Journal, Slate, CNBC, NBC News, The Cut, Shondaland, and many others. Catherine is also a frequent podcast and radio guest with appearances on NPR, Ryan Holiday's Daily Stoic Podcast, Life Hackers Upgrade. Janet Varney's AV Club, and countless comedy podcasts. Her first book, Poe for Your Problems, Uncommon Advice from History's Least Likely Self-Help Guru, was published by Hachette saying that? in 2021. In 2022, it became a finalist for the Library of Virginia's People Choice Award, and it won the International Poe Festival Saturday Visitor Award. She also lives in good old RVA, and I've known her practically since she was born. Let's give her a warm welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Kat. Welcome, Kat. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, like, out on a school night. <laughs> I know, yay. So nice to finally meet you because I've met Amy and Caitlin and Lauren. I love them. And you look so much like Amy. I totally believe that. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> Kat is Amy, my best friend's sister, so... I feel like the part of my bio that was missing was that we used to skip school and drink together in high school. Oh, this is true. Yes, I may have been Kathy Babb, Kat's mom, a time or two. Oh, I heard about that. Hi, this is Mrs. Babb. Catherine won't be (laughs) in class today. Um, You did a good impression. I've forgotten about that. I have too many kids to keep track of. Sorry. Bye. (laughs) I'm one of seven kids, so it was... Oh, wow. Yeah, I heard about that, too. And then we'd like be like, Grandma, um, excuse us, we just need some water out of the freezer. And we'd like steal my grandfather's <laughs> oh my God, vodka. You're bad. <laughs> Your grandmother was so sweet. I know, she was. Okay, so I just want to say right off the bat about Poe. Um, at first, I, I had no idea that Poe was from Richmond. Uh, I knew about the Poe Museum, but I've never been, and I never put two and two together, so that was surprising. Yeah, he's a total local boy. He was born in Boston, but he spent his formative years here in Richmond. I always say because he went to high school in Richmond, and that becomes your psychic prison. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, that's why we own him. It's a black hole. And the museum is incredible. They just expanded their collection in a huge, huge way. And the staff's super nice. I uh, like everyone there. We got to take a trip. And they still have yeah, the cats, right? It was so cool. They do, and they have an unhappy hour once a month where That's they have cute. drinks in the courtyard. Oh, uh, nice. Cat really had fun. a 
book signing there when the book first came out, and it was so much fun. Um, that band that played was really good too. Um, were they the um, Ham Biscuits? Oh, the Ham Biscuits. Okay. Yeah. Ham. My friend Alan's ham. band. Oh, Ham oh. Alert! Yeah, ham. they were great. <laughs> <laughs> this loves Ham Biscuits. Okay, and um, so. How did you get interested in Poe? Like, when did it start? Was it at a young age? Because I learned about Poe in middle school. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was kind of me, too. It was a little bit earlier. Did you go to school in Richmond? No, I'm from upstate New York. Okay, fair. Um, We get them in elementary school. At least that's how I remember it. I think I heard The Raven in fourth grade when our teacher read it to us. And I was a big reader as a kid, and I fell into reading a ton of Poe. I can't believe that parents let their kids read that (laughs) stuff about premature burial and torture and whatnot. But I tore through it. It's literature. Right. I mean, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the nursery rhymes are pretty morbid, so why not? Yeah, that's true. true. Grimm's fairy tales are incredibly dark. (laughs) For sure. Uh, So I was an elementary school fan, and then I kind of fell away from him. And I did an English degree and then a master's degree, and I never really encountered him again. Because the thing is, like, the Academy doesn't necessarily love Poe. A lot of people, like, think he's low culture, and so they kind of sneer at him, um, even though there are people who study Poe specifically. I love people like that. I love when they're kind of, like, I don't know, pushed aside. It's a little sexy. (laughs) It is, and, like, you can pick them out of a lineup. You know, uh, they have an identifiable look, I found. It's something to do with the paleness, the dark hair. My type of guy. Yeah, Yeah, he makes it, he he refashions you in his image. Um, Anyway, so I, this is years ago in 2016, I like fell into this really horrible depression and I started reading him again for the first time since I was a little kid. Because I think I was like, oh, now's a moment where I feel like reading about torture. And right. Realizing that he's talking about psychological torture. Let's make the depression worse. Yeah. You know, that was initially the, the urge. Um, but I found that the more I got into him and I read the biographies and seeing how hard his life was and how funny he could be, it was just kind of an amazing example of someone who completed their work no matter what life threw at them, which was like a real powerful message for me at that moment. So anyway, I went down the rabbit hole with him again, and I wrote an essay about it, about how Poe was cheering me up for a website called Millions, and it kind of went like viral in a literary world way. So I got an agent and sold the book. Wow. That's really cool. How Poe-esque. Right. I mean, I kind of feel like (laughs) I owe him. I know, right? I mean, I could totally relate. The whole time I was like, God, I'm Poe, basically. (laughs) And it kind of was like he was destined to be a poet. Like his dad, I read a little bit. Mm -hmm. I've actually studied him quite a bit, reading through your book and like doing some research. And his his, um, adoptive dad wanted him to take over the tobacco business. Mm -hmm. And he was like, nope, I'm going to be a poet. And like even like through like losing a fiance, like what all so many bad things, losing jobs, like mm-hmm. he still just wrote. Like it was like the worse life got, the more it just poured out of him. It's incredible, like the kind of strength of character that that takes and the determination. And I also say in the book, like narcissism and megalomania help too. Yes. Um, <laughs> so whatever's working on your side, I say use it. Um, yeah, I just admire him. I find it kind of find him a hero, and the. Interesting thing is that this is, like, not an uncommon view of Poe. It's how the French have always read him. Mm. Like, he's considered a saint of the arts there. Um, Some French critics got onto him, like, in the 1860s and so on and popularized him in France. So now he's, like, 
He's got a reputation there on the level with like Jerry Lee Lewis. You know how they like Jerry Lee Lewis? Uh, yeah. Wow. What? It's kind of like that, right? But he was such an innovator. I mean, he invented mm-hmm. new styles of fiction, didn't he? He absolutely did. I think we can credit him with the detective story, like the early stories like The Purloined Letter and the, the Mystery of Marie Roger and so on. These were, we like, you won't get, you wouldn't have Law and Order without those. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he was incredibly innovative. And it was weird because he was, the reason he had to keep inventing stuff was because there were no copyright laws or like no copyright laws like we would understand them. So your stuff would get ripped off all the time and you had to keep innovating. Or at least if you could, you had to. So I know I'd forgotten the whole Baudelaire thing. Like I was rereading your book before this and um, your whole part about that, like the French being obsessed with them. I'd totally forgotten that. Oh, yeah. Baudelaire and he were, were mutual admir- admirers, right? Yeah. yeah, very much so. And Baudelaire like, spent 17 years of his career translating Poe, which is amazing. And those translations, his essays on Poe are unbelievable. They're so good. 17, wow. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Do, you own, do you own any original Poe pieces? I wish I did. I'm not rich enough. Yeah, um, I'm like, you need like <laughs> mega billion. Well, you never know. Maybe someone will give it to you. <laughs> Maybe so. Someone did bring me um, some Amontillado at the book launch just out of the blue, which was really sweet. Whoa. And I get Poe gifts now every holiday. That's cool. Pillows, mugs. I've got a lot of Poe mugs now. Well, he's very, uh, he's actually very easy to read. He's mm-hmm. not, um, you know, he doesn't write in like a high, you know, um, but I'd say difficult fashion. He's not. He writes for the common man. I agree. Like, I admire that he's a super successful mm-hmm. commercial writer. I mean, we were talking earlier about, uh, like, Poe and Lovecraft. It's like, Lovecraft wrote like it was a, you know, painful duty. It's like, he, right. he, I mean, when, when you read it, it's like he invented words and tried to use the most elaborate language. Poe, you read it, it's, he said what he meant, and he said it in as few words as possible. I agree. I mean, Lovecraft is always using six words where one would do. And I don't dislike it. I, I find his style oh, appealing, yeah. uh-huh. at least when he's doing it. Mm-hmm. But Poe kind of goes for the jugular. And again, that was because he was so poor yeah. and he had to sell the work. And then as now, like if it bleeds, it leads. So yeah, and you go for the gory stuff first. People don't have that long of an attention span either. Seriously. Like, especially like back then probably. I'm like, Matt always yells at me for this now because I'm like, I read this. And he's like, oh, you read the article, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I read the, uh, the byline. Sorry. Yeah, the bold the part. first <laughs> paragraph skimmed. Yeah. That totally counts as reading. <laughs> Um, so I want to know more about like how your writing process and how you came up with a concept. Like, did you already think like, as you were reading him, you know, when you refound Poe, were you thinking like, Oh, this would be kind of cool as like a dark self-help twist or when did it come to you? How did it come to you? Do you guys know the Franklin Inn? Yes. I love, I love that the Franklin bar. Inn. Yes. So me and my friend Alan, who I used to work for. Ten years ago, he's written biographies of Jefferson and Twain. He's in that band, The Hambiscus. Oh, okay, yeah. Alan Pell Crawford, who's an awesome writer. Anyway, we've been friends for years. And when I was in, like, the, I was starting to come out of, like, the Depression, and I was deep into the Poe rabbit hole and just talking about it when we were out having a beer. And I was like, it is the weirdest thing. Poe is cheering me up. And he said, that sounds like a book. And I said, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a self-help book based on Poe and call it How to Say Never More to Your Problems. And I literally wrote it down on a cocktail napkin. And I thought, that is the dumbest idea ever. Oh. <laughs> and here we are. But now um, it makes, like, perfect sense. And you were going to name it that originally. I was. It was the working title. Yeah. The publisher asked me to shorten it. So they have a lot of say over that kind of thing. But I like Poe for Your Problems as a title. Yeah. 
It's very witty. I like it. Um, so did you come up with like the humor, like the footnotes from the beginning? Because I love the footnotes. Like okay. I, I like laugh out loud at some of the footnotes. But um, did you want to like just keep it with that style? Or did you think like, let me throw some humor in here too? Because it's Poe, like, like dark, like, you know. Well, witticisms <laughs> from the from the essay that became that inspired the book. The title of the essay was um, Edgar Allan Poe was a broke ass freelancer, and I just talked about him as if he were like a freelance writer writing for the internet now, because the rates have not changed. I adjusted his um, p- freelance paychecks for inflation, and you find that like oh he's making the same thing that I make when I write for whatever. So anyway. It, he just felt really contemporary to me at the time. And I thought it was funnier to kind of talk about him in an LOL kind of voice. Yeah. And uh, then when I was like working on the book, initially it was like very, very serious and depressing. Uh, (laughs) And then that version, like I started working with my first agent and that version was just very dark and kind of literary. And we went out and we tried to sell it, and we got rejected by sixteen houses at once, oh, which wow. was really fun. Oh my god! And uh, how very poetic. what you have to right, go through. Right. Yes, suffer. <laughs> yes, you definitely. I mean, I, I didn't have that perspective at the time. I should say <laughs> now course. it's kind of amusing, but uh, anyway. So I switched agents, and I was like, I'm going to take this in a more mass market direction because these fancy people won't publish me. And uh, anyway, so a couple of iterations later. We had like a pretty good like mass market book proposal and we were talking to different publishers and the best case scenario in publishing is your book sells at auction because it drives up the price. Mm. Not that mine sold for that much money. It really didn't. But um, we did have an auction where various houses were bidding. And the thing is, you know, publishers have a, a ton of control over how your book comes out and what the tone is and that sort of thing. So the week before it went to auction which is like one day in which your agent trades phone calls with them and so on with like the editors at the houses. Anyway, so one editor was like, I'm going to bid on this if you will rewrite it in the saddest possible way because I want this to be like this moving, lengthy, whatever, absolutely dark thing. And then another editor was like, I want you to punch this up and make it a nonstop laugh fest. And I had like a week to do this and just didn't sleep and pushed out both versions. Oh, my God. It was horrendous. It was horrendous. I'm like still greasy from not showering in that week. Oh, it was awful. Anyway, (laughs) so I noticed during that time, like I would get up. I was working full time, so I would get up early in the morning. Oh, that's even worse. Like 4 a.m. and like start writing the sad stuff. And then at (laughs) night I would start drinking and writing the funny stuff. (laughs) And um I just found that the uh, funny stuff was a lot more fun to work on and didn't, like, draw me into, like, the darkest parts of myself in my life. Uh, Like, I didn't want to keep reliving that stuff. So, anyway, I'm really glad at the form it took. It wasn't entirely my idea. There was, like, a grain of it there. Sure. But I shouldn't take total credit for that. So, I think it's genius. Thank you. Yeah, I really like – I really (laughs) enjoyed the book. Yay. Um, Learned a lot about Poe. Someone who barely knew anything. Oh, that's awesome. I love hearing that. You're a scholar now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love the Poe tips, such as tip number three, don't rein in your own bullshit, which I will live from now on, even though I haven't lived it before. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite Poeism? 
Um, I think the first tip is the most important. It's not labeled number one. It's the Uber tip, which is um, stock, stop looking for models of perfect living. Instead, embrace a brilliant visionary of terrible decisions to guide you to an epic <laughs> life. And I just think it encapsulates my experience of self-help, which is that um, it's useless to try to change. <laughs> I can't change myself. I would if I could. I can't. So I better just lean into the neurotic anxious self that I already I am and try to make it work for me, which is what Poe did. And it worked spectacularly well. So maybe there's hope for me and the rest of us. We should all be emo. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I totally don't. I already am. Hunter S. Thompson said, uh, I wouldn't recommend drugs, alcohol, or insanity to anyone, but in my case, it worked. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, Okay, well, I have some some random questions. Okay, so, okay, one of them is, is Poe White Parkway named after Poe and Thomas White? If only, if only. I wish that were true. I don't think it is. Oh my God. Nope, Let's was... not even. If Matt was here, he would go off. He's like, it's Pow Height. I'm yes. like, if you live in Richmond, it's Poe White. Yes. It, it was This is how my GPS guy says it. My GPS guy has an Indian accent because it's the only one that I can't. I can, I can only tolerate that one, but I'm not going to like. I'm not going to imitate the Indian accent. I'm, I don't think that's rude, but he pronounces it. Powhiti, Powhiti, I like that even more. Maybe <laughs> I can tell you where it came from. It's uh, the a Native American tribe here in Central Virginia. That was the name of the chief. Okay, now we know. Thanks, nerdly. Hey, a librarian. What, do you, what am I going to do? <laughs> I, I know lots of useless knowledge. Come on. <laughs> if you're a true Richmonder, you call it Powhite. I think it's Powhite, and it's named after Poe and Thomas. Hey, how about Parham like Road? Huh? No, Parham. Parham. Damn. <laughs> um, okay, my other question is, do you think Poe would like your book? I think he would tear it to shreds in one of his trademark sneering reviews, and I wish I had the benefit of that. I wish he could do it. Uh, he was so vicious and nasty. He was really kind of like an internet troll 150 years before there were trolls. Uh, he was doing it to gain attention in large part, especially when he was writing here in Richmond for the Southern Literary Messenger, he just tore people to shreds to the point that his boss was like, you need to stop or go. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, he, it was part of what, like, why he got the boot from that job after less than Seems two like years. Seems like a theme. How many jobs did he have, like, yeah. at the end when he, or middle, whatever, when you were listing, uh, like, his employment? And then I'm like, I'm literally going to publish that and show my parents like she <laughs> right? i jobs longer than this he couldn't hold down a job which is another reason to love him right he's an incredibly unemployable guy which i admire and uh yeah even that sort of worked for him in the end it was because a lot of his uh most famous stories were published as freelance pieces and uh he had to write for the market even more so you know when he was freelancing versus having a staff job somewhere which is still true uh, that that's the dynamic of the journalism industry, such as it is these days. Yeah. I love the fact that he won um, a literary award for uh, he 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 wrote for prizes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my manuscript found in a bottle. I love that story. It's my yeah. favorite. Yeah, uh, I haven't read that one. Oh, it's the early. It's one of his earliest stories. He was in his twenties, and he wrote that one in Baltimore. So if you go to the Baltimore Poe House, that's where he wrote it, which was real special to me. Is it weird I haven't been to the Baltimore Poe House? Oh, it's really I haven't been cool. either, Liz. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's the one where the guy is he's th- on one ship that goes down, and he's thrown onto this ship that's crewed by ghosts. 
and then it gets sucked into a whirlpool and presumably he dies. So when I was super depressed, I was like, oh, this story is really speaking to me. <laughs> this is how I feel. This is a metaphor for my life. Sounds like Event right, right? Horizon. He, he goes on to a, yeah, that's okay. People still drawing inspiration from him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jordan Peele's Us is like a total reworking of William Wilson. Yeah. Like the family is called the Wilson family. Peele was doing that absolutely on purpose. I don't think he's gotten enough credit for what he was doing there. Okay, I got more reading to do. I, I, I do have two random Poe facts of my life. So when I first moved here, I was an intern. And my internship class did an escape room. And the escape room I did, I forgot what the the company was that put it on. But it was Poe-themed. And I was only in there with like three other people. Because it's a smaller one. And it was all, it was in one room. And it was based off the tell, Tall Tale Heart. Tell Tale. Yeah. So that was cool. I would love to do that. I have not done one of those. We did, but I was not very helpful. I'm good at finding things, but I'm not good in groups. I'm a very solo worker. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing that I was going to say is I'm from Elmira, and I thought it was cool that I moved to Richmond, posed here, and that's the name of his fiance that Mm -hmm. he was going to marry and then died. Yeah, She was like kind of the girl next door, and her father... When he went to Charlottesville to UVA, his her father kind of like got wind that they were a little more serious than he thought, and he intercepted Poe's letters to her, so she never knew that he was writing to her so still. Romantic. He thought she had forgotten him, and so she married some. It's like dude. the so Notebook. Angry. It's literally like the Notebook. I've never seen the Notebook, but I believe that it happens in there. <laughs> you get kissed in the rain while your face is held. <laughs> Is that why that hasn't happened for me yet? <laughs> if you watch the movie, it will. Um, yep. All right, more serious questions, Liz. You have the serious all questions. All right, let me pivot. Um, okay, as you mentioned in the book, I'm getting into like some deep literary stuff, guys, so I don't know. Hold your hosts. Get out your pens and paper. Um <laughs> Poe was at his most um, best when bemoaning lost love. (laughs) Do you think his mom was his most pivotal lost love? And now that we're older, has your perspective changed? For example, I'm way more angsty about, like, career moves now than I am my love life, etc. That's very real. Uh, Yeah, I absolutely think that's dead on. His mom died when he was between the age of two and a half and three. Mm. And when I was researching the chapters on that, I came across this stuff in uh, child development literature studies and so on, that this is a crucial moment in any kid's life where you can perceive so much more than you can actually say. So he, his mom was dying of tuberculosis over a period of weeks, probably in front of him right near Capitol Square. They were in a boarding house. His dad had abandoned the family at this point. So it's likely him and his baby sister. We think the older brother was somewhere else at the time being taken care of by family. So anyway, Poe's in a room at two and a half, three, uh, watching his mother die and perceiving so much of this, right? What could be worse? Like, what could be more awful for a little kid who needs their parents more than anything? Um, So the fact that he grew up to be like the foremost poet on grief and a lot of that to do with dead women, not a coincidence. I don't think so at all. But even so, like, there's no one would wish it would happen that way, right? I don't mm-hmm. right. want that to happen to anybody. But the fact that he, you know, kind of made amazing art from that experience is really moving to me. 
Yeah, Um, because he could have been like a serial killer. Right, or just like drunk in a ditch the entire time rather than just some of the time, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, some of the greatest artists I've ever ever known were were able to channel their, their mental illnesses into an art form. I think that's totally right. true. Like being well, good, me. like me. Yeah, and it's a, a compli- yeah. it's a complicated relationship. I think like you do it in spite of the mental illness, and also you do it because of the mental illness. So it's working on a lot of levels. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Maybe yeah. I'm not making the quality of art, but like <laughs> definitely bringing the mental illness. So uh, I think it's kind of cool. It's not cool that you went through a depressive phase of your life, but it's cool that depression brought you to Poe. It's just so Poe-like. Right? It's very, it's like he called to you. It was like a strange intuition, you know, where I hadn't touched him in years and it was my childhood copy, like of the complete tales of mystery and imagination. I was like, this is strange. Have you ever heard the Alan Parsons Project album? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Lou Reed did a concept album around Poe, too. You did? Which one? Yes. Uh, I think it's just called The Raven. And it wasn't that long ago. And I, and I consider myself a, a, a Lou Reed fan. I got to hear Oh, this. yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll send you links if you want. And Joan Baez covered Annabelle Lee. So did Stevie Nicks. Joan Baez's version <laughs> oh, a little bit better. His little bit poetry better. was way ahead of it. I mean, it was so beautiful. I, have, I, have, I haven't read any poem by Poe that did not just sing. Absolutely. He's going for a musical effect, and it is devastatingly effective. Like, he really pulled that off. The guy knew his words. I mean, he had a large vocabulary. Yeah, and he had a beautiful sense of rhythm. I can't remember the exact like poetic meter, and no one wants to hear it anyway, that the raven is written in, but you can hear the rhythms of that in every single line. Like, and the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain. Like, holy. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Sad, that's good. Um, All right, coming back to my interesting questions. Um... All right, so what is the most interesting fact out of all of your research, maybe, if you can come up with just one, <laughs> about Poe in Richmond specifically? Because we got to bring it back to yeah. RVA, baby. RVA. Oh, I can think of a thing. dark thing. Yes, we love dark things. So, obviously, Poe's writing pre-Civil War. And even in like the prime years of career, his career are the 1830s and 1840s. And he spent a lot of time like working in the bottom. That's where the offices of the Southern Literary Messenger are. I think it's where that strip club is. I'm not exactly Ooh, club sure. Club Rouge. All right. Yeah, I've been I think that's to another post stumping. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, so you're commuting with him if you go see uh, the show there. Anyway, um, so even though this was like slavery was a major political issue at the time, Poe very rarely ever looked at it directly, and he did publish like some political commentary, but he never touched the issue and uh, even though the Southern Literary Messengers, those officers, those offices were right by the slave market, he mm. would have passed it. Um, and it was the busiest in the South other than New Orleans. So scholars, I hope this isn't too boring. No. Anyway, scholars for years have been asking why he didn't address uh, slavery. Mm. And I think it's because, and I'm not the only one to say this, but he was a working journalist. He had to get jobs. He had to sell freelance pieces. And he couldn't come out about a divisive issue. So we don't really know what he thought, which is an interesting thing to say about an antebellum Southern writer. Right. He spent most of his career working in the North. So where some people have read him and especially like read some of his like editorials for magazines and such and concluded that he was pro. Um, I think it's it's kind of impossible to know. He probably was pro, which 
doesn't endear him to us, right? Right. Um, but it's interesting that, like, the biggest political of issue of the day is basically absent from his work, and he would have, like, it would have been very apparent in Richmond at the time. Right. Wow. That well, is in interesting. Way with his economic standing, though, for most of his life, like, he didn't have a choice but to try to write for privileged whiteies. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Like that was the the yeah. market was white men and determined by white men. Um, yeah, so that's a bit of a so basically gruesome and brutal one. Um, <laughs> I think. Okay, here's a here's a lighter hearted one, slightly lighter hearted. Uh, he also rolled down Libby Hill drunken. He probably I? did. Um, <laughs> his spirit was possessing us when we did. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so he had been living right before he moved to Richmond to take that job. Um, he was bouncing back and forth between Richmond and Baltimore for a lot of his 20s. And when he was in Baltimore, he stayed with his uh, aunt and young cousin, Virginia. And about the time she was 13, he moves down to Richmond to take the Southern Literary Messenger job. One of the cousins in their family decides that he is going to take Virginia and the aunt into his own home and into his own family. And Poe absolutely flips out. And he wrote these letters basically threatening suicide if you don't marry me um, and threatening the aunt with it, too. They're incredibly manipulative. Um, and he calls her sissy and little wifey in those letters. It's like, oh, 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 man. I see in the book, it's like. He reminds me of somebody I know. It's like a car crash of so many taboos at once. Uh, but it is interesting. They got married here. They probably honeymooned in Petersburg. Well, the bag, the how romantic, right? Uh, right? It's romantic. very exotic. It's how like romantic. Sandals, Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> um, any advice you'd have for posing training or new writers coming up, like hmm. just in general? I know that's very broad, but you can. Uh, I've had a day job this entire time. Uh, it's a very difficult way to make a living. Only like. Within the discipline itself, if you consider like all writers, I think probably fewer than one percent make their actual living from it. I gave up before I started. Yeah, smart. Uh, I wish I had. <laughs> My dad's like, no, write more. I'm like, uh, for what? <laughs> yeah, I've been writing a book. I wonder if she'll listen to this. Well, you, I mean, I'm half joking when I say it's like a curse and a blessing at the same time. Uh, but anyway, don't try to make it pay as my first bit of advice, and then. Um, Secondly, and then I know this is like kind of dry, but this is like goes in general for the creator economy and any anybody who's a creator that from the moment you start putting stuff out, whether it's like putting songs on SoundCloud or writing a newsletter or whatever, like you should be figuring out how to keep in touch with that audience, like building a mailing list, having a website, being easy to find, like just your email address and so on. Because as like little random things happen, uh, and people want to get in touch with you to like have you on a pod- podcast or something. Mm-hmm. It's really important to be easy to find. And I definitely made the mistake of not doing that for way too long and kind of missed some early opportunities I think I could have had. So just as a practical thing, I think you have to do all that. That's good advice. Yeah. Well, I like practical good advice for advice. us too, even yeah. as podcasters. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, if you're any kind of artist, you have to have a social media presence, and that has its own risks. And it's, I mean, I don't love Twitter or Instagram. I'm not good at Instagram anyway. 
Yeah, I'm still on there. I'm trying to avoid um, pictures of myself, you know. Uh, you know, yeah, I love Instagram more than any of the other ones. Yeah. I like maybe, Facebook. Maybe because I'm visual. I'm like, Ugh. I feel but, like yeah, I'm I'm a, right. I don't. Well, y'all I are pretty. A... Look at me. Jeez. <laughs> Middle-aged housewife. I love Facebook. Oh, I like Facebook too. I'm just posting That's pictures of my, my news. And... <laughs> Post pictures of my memes and my cat. I literally only look at the news feed. <laughs> and I only read the bylines. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's fine. That's why you're so well informed. I got a funny story, though, about Poe. And then, okay. actually, if you could probably finish this story for us. Uh, the bust of Poe went missing from the museum for a long time. And, well, they, they just they, they had no leads. And they just figured it is lost. You know, they said, we're never going to get this back because whoever's got it, you know. They found it at, someone had left it at a bar in Chesterfield, <laughs> the Raven Inn, which is actually where my mom worked. It's oh, like, wow. yeah, they found it. It wasn't me, I swear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I thought that was kind of a, like a cool. comical, you know, uh, it's like true crime incident. Yeah. 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 I love that. I've never, is the Raven Inn still there? Uh it, no, it's a RV dealership now. But yeah, it's, it, it was called the. Ra- and I love Richmond. It was so fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you just that's that's so such a Richmond. Yeah, thing <laughs> I have um, it, Poe's influence is still being felt today. I mean, it's like people are still copying his style. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a friend who has a band in Richmond called Tear Up the Planks, based on Telltale Heart. Uh, she even has a tattoo Nevermore on her arm. Uh, so shout out for tear out the planks, uh, tear up the planks. As it, it's a skull, a raven, and a book. So uh, that's, that's I love really cool. that. You'll yeah. have to send me a picture. I hope. Sure will. I, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, Postal has fans here in Richmond, and it's big influence. I think he's a pretty powerful local presence. Like in Baltimore and Philadelphia has mu- Philadelphia has multiple Poe murals. If you're ever in town, and they have a Raven Bar that I have I'll been be in. I'll be there. In Let's go to the bar. Weeks. <laughs> it's pretty fun, honestly. Yeah. In the your sister. That's that one of his houses. Uh, it's where it probably no. Um, it's where he wrote some of his most famous works, and it's well preserved. It's actually like part of a national oh. park now. It's, it's very cool. Let's go mm. have some Amontillado. Yeah, right, indeed. Um, Let's pass out in a gutter somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we honor him. Well, before I circle back to hear what you might have coming up next, let's just run down a little back history. Very well. Uh, you've come up with some interesting facts, Miss Olivia. Oh, Lord, hold on. I did. Okay. So, here's some cool facts about Poe. People like me who didn't, doesn't, that don't really know him that well. He studied at U of R for one year, though. But I had no idea that the college is that old. Um, his parents were traveling actors. His mom acted in a local RVA company. And then we already touched on his mom dying of tuberculosis, but she was buried at the St. John's Church in Richmond. And Poe was left parentless at the age of three. He was adopted by a tobacco merchant. His name was John Francis Allen. And he hoped Poe would take over his business, but Poe was dead set on becoming a poet. And Poe was addicted to gambling, addicted to alcohol. Um, He sounds kind of... Toxic. <laughs> party boy. He's a little Britney Spears song. Um, and I already mentioned that his fiance, who he never got to marry, her name was Elmira, and that's where I'm from in New York, which is kind of coincidental. 
Um, and his dark personality and despairing life turned him into a literary legend. We should yes. all be so lucky. Yes. Speaking of local um, influence, uh, Kat and I were t- talking before the show that we have we actually met at RavenCon. Uh, oh yeah. Just after the last oh, yeah. uh, after the last podcast, uh, uh, it's a it was named it was it's named in honor of uh, Edgar Allan Poe. It's a uh, well, it, it started as an author's. Uh, it's really invention. literary. It's pretty heavily. Yeah, so I noticed mystery, anyway. science fiction, and horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we met there. You had a you had a uh, you were a vendor there. Uh huh. And so we and I was I was working as a volunteer in the audio department. But uh, yeah, so it's like so yeah, he's still he's uh, he's still honored here. He is, and like I wonder if that um, I love crowds of Poe fans. Yeah, uh, they're just really. I don't know, my kind of people and uh, into the same sort of things. And so that was just, there was such a great vibe in that room. Like it wasn't super busy or anything like that. It was one of the slower cons I've been to, but I liked that about it. And people were like amazingly kind. I just really liked it. Oh yeah. Uh, anytime I go to these, uh, the conventions with authors, I make a point of buying three books. Uh-huh. I wish I'd bought one from you. That's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh-huh. I was trying to find a new author and just, I say, I'll support your work. I just, because we're all, oh, we're you all working. Buy one you can buy one today. You can still buy it. Yeah. So yeah. I was at a galaxy con a few weekends before that. And that was massive. Like, I think they said over 20,000 people were there, but Wait. anyway, the Poe museum was there. I was there. And like you could just Whoa. with my little booth, I could see Poe fans like peeling out of the crowd and coming yes. toward me. I'm like, oh, I know, I know you're oh, into this. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Like I think people who are fans of Poe are also fans of other things. Like there's overlap with horror mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, film and all sorts. So oh yeah, to have to have be like because some of his mystery novels, uh, he started the, the the mystery genre, and some would argue the science fiction he did. His, his, he was one of the earlier science fiction writers. I definitely think that's true. And he also was, I think, one of the first sort of voices of science fiction that tried to make it plausible, you know, that explained the mechanics right. of the inventions and so on. Like, I think of the balloon hoax. Yeah. I think that could be that could be argued that that's science fiction. I wish we could do a seance and have him on the podcast. Let's do it. They yeah. do that. That's a South Park skit. If you uh, what? Yes, Google it, it's so funny. He comes oh over God. and he's like helping the emo kids. <laughs> I must have seen really it. I watch every South Park stuff. So. We got to watch. Um, <laughs> it's very good. Anyway, great minds. Well, and we'll go to a mirror. have some people on who do like the haunted stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they do Down a seance. I, I think we might need our resident co expert to Did come back for that. There was a lady, uh, I don't know if you saw this story, but there was a lady, um, I should save this for uh, later, but the, she had a, uh, she, after her funeral, she sent, uh, she knew she was going to pass away, she sent cards to all her friends with a little picture of a, of a Ouija board. It said, yeah, write to me sometime. <laughs> oh, that's, that's something I would do. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, well, let me give you one last taste of history before we... Um, Go to the fun questions. <laughs> um, so if anyone has been inspired to take a little Poe journey around town, let me give you some highlights. Obviously, the museum, which is um, located in uh, Shaco Bottom. Um, the old stone house is actually part of the museum. It's the oldest house in Richmond proper. Um, it was built in 1737. Um, also, you could perchance, uh, perchance, 
Um, go to the Elizabeth Arnold Poe Memorial Building, which is also on the property. It was built for his mother. Um, <laughs> two items dominate the room physically. The staircase from the Allen House on 14th Street and the Richard H. Park Memorial Sculpture honoring Poe and his actor parents. So that's interesting to check out. Um, but sad fact... None of the homes Poe lived in in Richmond are still standing. Neither the Great House, Moldavia, nor the boarding houses and taverns. Um, however, a house Poe visited, Talavera, privately owned and unmarked, still stands on a quiet block of West Grace Street. So y'all go wander around West Grace and figure it out. <laughs> um, Poe gave his last reading of The Raven at Talavera on September 25th, 1849. Um, another privately owned house that Poe visited is the clearly marked Elmira Shelton house at 2407 East Gray Street. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. The Craig Stith house on the corner of 19th and East Grace, currently undergoing renovation, is the girlhood home of Jane Stannard, who inspired Poe's first To Helen lyric. <laughs> so... There you go. And then, of course, you can visit Mama's Grave up at uh, St. John's. But if y'all want to learn more, then Google. <laughs> Leave it to a church. Go forth and Google. <laughs> but <laughs> um, in, uh, just before we go to the fun stuff, any like upcoming events or anything you're doing or anything you want to talk about, Kat? Uh, um. I got a bunch of events in the fall because Halloween is postseason, yes. so I tend to stay oh, busy. Yes, I'll yes. be at the festival in Baltimore. I'm going to do the Scare Weekend with GalaxyCon here and a couple of others. Um, but I'm kind of like I'm, I'm working on something new or at least Ooh. trying to. But right now, like I don't have childcare, so I'm just like with a two-year-old all day long. So it's not coming along very fast. <laughs> yeah. It, uh la la. Anyway, yeah. I'm excited about the new idea. It hasn't sold yet, Ooh, but we haven't okay. tried to sell it yet, so we'll see. Well, I can't wait. Thank you. We'll have to definitely have you back for a post-seance, but also to hear yeah. more about... The Halloween show. I yeah, love well, the Halloween theme Well, you know there's a Halloween fan right here. You can look at right, my, right, my decor. Right, right. The decor of the dungeon is very... Uh... <laughs> the dungeon. The dungeon. Dun, dun, dun. All right, let's go into some funny questions. Real I want to know, because you know Liz and Amy and the whole crew, I want to know what is the most embarrassing thing that you feel comfortable sharing with us that's ever happened to you. Oh, Lord. And if you need some time to think about it, perhaps we can all go around the room. I might have just purposefully blocked it out somehow. Like, I'd have to be <laughs> hypnotized into remembering. <laughs> it probably involved um, a party and Zima. Uh, I think, I think we missed, I don't want to get into more details than just saying we saw Feist play in Charlottesville and acted badly. Ooh, yes. Yes. Oh all right. God, I'm not explaining on that. that. Not oh my explaining. God. We, I think we hit up Wendy's on the way home. That's all that will, <laughs> never more shall we speak of yeah, it. I think never Feist, more. oh God, I never want to see her again. I can't listen to her music. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> Good time. Sorry, you guys. You can't know. To our credit, that <laughs> was 2006. Okay. Right? Hashtag if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should have hit Taco Bell instead, but whatever. Mm. Should we all should, should we all answer or should we go? Oh, again? yes. All right. Well, the, what, I've had a lot. 
But one of the worst ones was I went to Floyd Fest with my friends, had a cute dress on, went to use one of the porta potties, came out, was talking to my friends, and I like I look behind me and like there's this creepy man like laughing and staring at me. I'm like, what the hell? And then I go to like fluff out my dress. And my dress was tucked into my underwear, and my whole entire ass was out. Oh, my God. For a long time. For, like, Aww. 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed for, like, two hours about it. He's still thinking about it. He got a free show that day. <laughs> Lucky bastard. Best day of his life. <laughs> Lee, you got one? Oh, gee. Uh, musician, I don't have I've had a lot, I have a lot of uh, embarrassing moments, but... Uh, I, I, when you say embarrassing, the only thing that comes to me is the first grade. I, I was I was in school. I was coming back from somewhere, and I was I walked into the room. All the, the the room was quiet. All the kids were sitting quietly, but there's one kid at the front of the front of the room with names written on the board. And I said, "Oh, why isn't my name up there? You want it up there? Yeah, right up there." It turns out it was all the kids who who made trouble while the teacher was gone. Whoa. And so I said, oh, "Why is his name on here? Well, he he wanted to be up there." So I learned. Don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> never speak How out. You like the military? Don't ask. Do not draw attention to yourself at all. No. Um, I mean, yeah, like I don't get embarrassed very easily, so it's very hard for me to think of anything. The main thing I can think of was in middle school, these little assholes. When I got up at lunch, unbeknownst to me, they put ketchup all over my seat. Oh my god! That's so mean. And then I sat down and uh, I had what looked like period blood slash ketchup hanging off my ass. So then I had to go put on my ugly ass gym clothes and sit like that. It was like the scarlet letter. Were they nice pants that they ruined? Is it too late to go beat them up? I know. Well, one of them was Jed Sneed. So if you're listening to this Jed Sneed, you piece of shit. (laughs) You owe me a new pair of pants. (laughs) Scoochie. Yeah, revenge is a dish best served cold. (laughs) That's a typo negative song. Oh, yeah. Matt Schumann. I know, right? Um, well, let's see. You could probably relate to this one, and then we'll we'll move along. But um, what's the funniest thing you've ever heard a child? It doesn't have to be yours. Any child say? Uh, I don't know if it's the funniest, <laughs> but my it's very random. <laughs> my son, who's two, right? I've mentioned him forty-seven times because. Uh, Anyway, the other day he like we were playing with rocks and he kept saying rock, rock, but no, it wasn't rock, it was an F bomb. Oh. <laughs> like, a minute like oh. you know I was like, Chris, we gotta get better. <laughs> you know, he's too he's too we can't that's do this. He, that's the word he latched onto. It sounded like rock to begin oh. with, but it was not. That's kind of funny because mm-hmm. I have an I, we've answered this before, but I have another one. So when I was when I was younger, my little brother was even younger. So my brother was probably like four or five, and I was in college. And we were driving. We were going past an intersection, and a truck almost literally T-boned us. And we had the, the green light, and they, like, ran the red light. And I slammed on my brakes. Michael's in his car seat. He, like, lunged Oh, God. <laughs> and the guy is, like, some idiot. And I rolled down my window. I am pissed. And I'm, like, not a quiet girl. Mm-hmm. I'm loud. I'm confrontational. Wait, how old were you? I was probably, like, 19. Oh, okay. Rolled down my window, and he rolled, he like already had his rolled down. And I go, You almost 
like I'm not I'm not gonna say the F word, but I'm like he was effing killed us. What the F is wrong with you? And I took both of my hands and gave him double middle fingers and then kept driving. And my brother saw it all. And I'm like, sorry, Michael, like, sorry, I'm really upset. Like, you know, we could have died. And so we got home, and my little brother's telling the story to my family <laughs> about what happened. Like and going. he was like, she was, like, swearing, and she she gave him the finger. And then he went like this, and it, people can't see. But Aww. he put his, like, pointer fingers sweet, up, and he's like, the finger. <laughs> and it was so funny. Aw, that's so cute. <laughs> Aw. I, I don't even know. I don't have one. Oh, Go ahead. Yes, yes yeah. you got another. Okay, this is a high school story because I'm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so this is the '90s and landlines and so on. And I um I was dating this guy named Dennis Carter. Oh, I was yeah. like a freshman in high school. He was a very sweet guy. He was like kind of. I think he wanted to date Amy. Actually, I got a lot of run off really? that way. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> got a lot of run off that way. That's hilarious. <laughs> I did. I swear to God, people usually ask her to like homecoming first, and then I got the invitation second. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so I talked on the phone to a friend about breaking up with Dennis. I talked to my mom about it. And Luke Babb, my little brother, <laughs> Dennis came over for dinner. He's like, she's going to break up with you. <gasps> oh. oh, my God. Yeah, he was, in, he was a little, little kid. Oof. Still like, oh, my God. That's, even so mom, did like, Dennis start crying? Uh, no, my mom was like, that's not true. And I was like, thank you, mom. You lied for me. <laughs> but then you were like, now I can't break up with you for yeah. at least another week in school time. It delayed it like oh. two weeks. God, so. you keep reminding me of my little brother because he did oh, really? something like that too. Yeah, that is so a little So I had, I've had other boyfriends and I was like reunited with a guy I dated in high school and then like we broke up and then we got back together in college and I had dated someone in between and his name was Nick and my little brother had met Nick. And he knows he knew the other guy too. And so I was with my other boyfriend at the dinner table with my family. And my little brother goes, Olivia, remember Nick? <laughs> <laughs> and we still joke about it to this oh, day. Oh, that's so, so funny. funny. I mean, brothers. well, I I could call out your other little brother, Carl Babb. Uh-huh. Um, on many a night, I would go dine with the Babs. <laughs> Fine dinner of hot dogs and coleslaw. One of my favorites. Like to cheese this day. on pineapple. Hells, yeah. Shredded cheese on pineapple. Yeah, of course. Um, but Carl would always just mess with me. I guess he messed with other people, but I don't know. Um, and he'd be like, I'm going to kill you after dinner. Don't worry, blah, blah, blah. So, hence, uh, we called him the Unabomber. For years. <laughs> Don't worry. Jeez. Don't worry. You're gonna die tonight. <laughs> He's got a very serious voice too, so it, it plays well when he. I bet he had a good radio voice. He would actually. I think he could like be an audiobook narrator. Maybe we should. Oh, uh, Lee, you should do that. I should totally do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually thought about doing that as well. Me too, but I don't know. But Lee, it's that time. What Lee? time is it? Will you please give it to us? Yes, give it to us, Lee. Okay, well, today I'm going to give it to you with force. Because because today is May the 4th. May the 4th be be with with you. And with your spirit. Yes, it's like... uh, Skywalker! Oh... So all of us, uh, all of us uh, Jedi wannabes out there, we're we're celebrating. (laughs) (laughs) 
And uh, so by the time you're hearing this, the holiday's already, already passed. But um, I hope you have a good holiday. Um, you know, well, I'm, a, I'm an original trilogy guy. You know, I don't, I don't like all, all the ones after. But Same again, with my little brother. I then, agree. Then again, I'm an old man, so, you know, I don't like any of the new stuff. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that, um, all of us nerds, we got together like two weeks ago over at RavenCon. And um, so th- uh, that's, that's, that's the story today. Nice. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and then that brings us to another favorite portion. Oh. Kat, I know you've listened to a podcast or two, but uh, we must guess Lee's name. Lee. Lee is not his, his real name. name. Yeah, he goes by his middle name. My middle name. My first name is rather obscure. It's his. What part of the country are you from? I am. Well, my family's from Appalachia uh-huh. of North Carolina. You get three guesses. We all get three. We'll go around and around. Robin? Beauregard. Ooh. Ooh. I, like I feel like no. she's going to get it if nope. does. If you get it, we'll kill you. It's <laughs> like a stick hotter, colder thing, yeah. like warmer, warmer. <laughs> right there is the $25 gift certificate that will go to the winner who guesses it. And uh, we ask that you spend it at a local, local? restaurant or, or a or shop. All right, Olivia, your turn. Um, f- Frederick. No, no. Forest. No. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Hampton. No. Lyle. Lyle. Reginald. You already said. Already said I, I probably. I, it's a favorite name, apparently. I don't know, Reggie. Oh, Reg. I'm gonna name my next do- next dog Reggie. Yeah, I, I do feel like you could probably get it pretty quick. I might need five tries though. Yeah. <laughs> Green is not what it was. Uh, Jebediah. Oh, no, 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 no. I think I already guessed that one. Nigel. No, no. Um, okay. What's the guy on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Carlton? Yeah, Carlton. No. Okay. <laughs> Do we find out now? <laughs> no. 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 It's been going to be for continued. Nine weeks now. Oh. Uh, we should be getting interest. That's uh, so, again, yeah, I said it before. So we should get interest on that. TBD. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. I'll be in suspense still. I guess I should have guessed Edgar. Ooh. Oh, I'd Next have given time. you that one. Fortunato. <laughs> Fortunato. Oh, Amontillado. You guys, <laughs> stop it. You're cheating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, guys. Well, I let's think do that... some shout outs. Yes. Um, Sprezza. I'd like to shout out. I went once again with my boyfriend to Love Shack, baby. Love Shack. Oh, did you go to Lakeside or Maine? We went to Maine. Yes. I love it there. I love both, though, but I, I never can go to the Lakeside one. It's Lakeside always packed. Awesome. Shut down every time. Always packed. No, oh, what yeah. is it? It's this so really good. SB's Lakeside spot. Love Shack. It's okay. all based off of the song Love Shack. So everything on the menu is, is like literally the song. I would love this. Like place. hot as an oven muffins or something like <laughs> whatever. Like I really and their like cheese this. toast is uh, is uh, glitter on the mattress because they use glittered sugar on it. Oh, and then there's a song oh. bang bang on the door. And yes. they have yeah, all yeah. these compound butters that they make that I you can get butter. on top of your pancake. I won't go into oh, detail, yeah. but let's just say I had a green surprise. Oh lord! Oh, the, and, <laughs> the waiters are wait. The wait staff are also performers. Oh. Sometimes. Sometimes. Not when I've been there. I guess. Yes. <laughs> I missed that one. Um, what else? Uh, well, Shout out to the Poe Museum. Oh, hell museum. yeah. Poe Museum. Right there. Happy hours. Yeah, we should go to one. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 
What day is the unhappy hour? They change from month to month. I think it's like Wednesdays the or Thursdays. Yeah, third Thursdays or something like that. But I can find out, and it's also on their website. And I'm going to shout we'll out put to a Har- link on Hardywood Brewery, uh, West Love Creek. That place. Yes, yes. It's very um, pretty. Did you did you lay in a hammock? No, I didn't. I usually do. I've never seen a hammock open there. Well, you there's usually it. the chillin' around there. <laughs> the churn. The churn. <laughs> She's got that. You need to like write a dictionary with the proper pronunciation of these words. I know. Sorry, my grandma taught me well. I'm a, I'm a Yankee. I don't know how to pronounce shit. I got the southern shit down. <laughs> um, also, let's give a shout out to... Um, I'm going to Conejo, I know, on Saturday. So I love them. Kat, anyone you recommend? Anyone shout? Uh, I love Bramley Park and Coco and Hazel. That's near my part Ooh, of town. Yeah. Anyone know the one on Huguenot? It's delicious. I work oh. right down the street. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love that place. <laughs> um, where else? I went to Sidecar again. Oh, and then there was the sushi place near there. Okay, if you go to Sidecar, guys, if you're listening, I don't know the name of the business, but there's a sushi place that's like five steps. Oh, it's Wild um, Orchid or something. Like it's uh no, it's the place that's crazy. Is it? I want to say Ginger. Yep. Wild Ginger. Yeah, yeah, Wild yeah, Ginger. Yep, yep, yep. Wild Sorry, Ginger. I live in it's Churchill, good. y'all. Shout out <laughs> to and Sarah if you're listening, Sarah. Elijah Craig. <laughs> we got a shot of Elijah Craig for free because we kept, we were drunk and we, we kept saying Elijah Craig and we're like, can we try Elijah Craig? And the guy was like, and he like gave it to us and then we, we didn't like it. Yeah, that sounds Well, really everyone bad. have their Elijah Craig handy this weekend because it's bourbon drinking weekend, y'all. Derby. All right, we got the Kentucky Derby. We can't yeah. wait to run Mother's that. Day is in between. That's right. Yeah. Right in, in the coronation. Betwixt. Oh, betwixt. <laughs> and I'm getting massive surgery. Yay. Yay. Oh, I'm having uh, two to three discs removed out of my neck. And, oh, really? yep, yep. Oh, Jesus. Wow, that is Fake shit's gonna get put in. So like I'm gonna be the bionic list. woman. Can they make it Next sparkle. You hear me. She'll be better than she. Maybe. Is. Yeah, I should have been like, could you put glitter in that <laughs> somehow? Put like a tie in the dark. There. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thank you, Kat, so much. We. Uh, hey, this was super fun. We'll so put nice up to links you. to all thank of you your too. social yeah. pages. We had such a blast. Oh, yeah. Also, and, um, um, you said you have an email list. Oh, yeah, I write a sub stack that's free and will always be free. It's called Poke and Save Your Life. So if you just Google Poke and Save Your Life, or it's linked on my website, too. And it's mostly like it's just dark self-help, kind that's of like the cool book. cause. You're like helping people like who are know. in depressive phases. Poke and save your life. It saved your life. I, I mean, I legit believe it. It's also funny. The best medicine is laughing, I firmly believe. so. It's like the darker the thing you can laugh at, the better off you are. You know? <laughs> For reals. cool and make sure to follow us on instagram guys and by the way if you need some you have lyrics you you have lyrics and you need some music or a backing track or you you have a podcast but you're not sure how to get it recorded lee dungeon studios can help our only is free except on thursdays to help you with your needs so we'll link him up as always in the uh the bio section of this podcast. 
Otherwise, we'll uh, hit y'all up in two weeks. All right. All right. Peace out. Stay safe out there. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That was super fun. Yeah.